<laughs> ah, yes. Ah, yes. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. Each Money Making Conversation talk show is about entrepreneurship and entertainment. I provide the consumer and business owner access to celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For some, it's a sizable paycheck. Mine is helping people wake up and inspiring them to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. These are my passions, and that's what I'm going to do for you. I want you to stop tripping over small challenges and prepare to rise above bigger obstacles that life will present to you. The Money Making Conversations interviews provide relatable information to the listener about career and financial planning, entrepreneurship, motivation, leadership, overcoming the odds, and how to live a balanced life. My next guest is the CEO of Impact Strategies. She's also a CNN political commentator and... um, Currently serves on the board of the Congressional Black Caucus Institute, the Seattle University School of Law alumni, and Women in Entertainment Empowerment Network. She is on show to talk about her own one with Pangela podcast, which I love that they own one with Angela. And uh, black women being um, the Democrats' most reliable voting bloc, her freedom casual clothing line, and more importantly, her brand. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Angela Rye. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, I know I have limited time with you, so let's get straight to the questions. I'm sure you used to being doing television live, so you're used to people coming at you real quick and knowing what's happening. Uh, you have a <laughs> yeah, voice. No problem. You have a strong voice in the media landscape. Are you? Would you say you're a political influencer or a brand influencer? Um, I would say neither. I would say that I am an advocate, Mm -hmm. um, that I'm someone who fights diligently for macro and micro level change. Right. Um, growing up in the house with an, with an activist. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't really see myself as an influencer. People are influenced. Great. Um, I, but my, my primary goal in life is to make things better for for human beings, for humankind, and I say, and I focus most of that energy on making things better for black folks. Well, you're doing a good job, a great job, Angela. And I'm a marketing guru, as they say. I'm a brand specialist. And I have to say, uh-huh. uh, you are an influencer, especially when I saw the uh, video that uh, that was posted on the Washington Post that you did with uh, Latasha mm-hmm. Brown and Tiffany Cross and and uh, Alicia yeah. Garza and uh, Sonny and yourself and Amanda Seals. In that article, it's talking about Biden still needs black women. And here are yes. three things he needs to do. Now, that article yeah. is an influencing article to me. And so that's why mm-hmm. and that's a good thing. Now, there's nothing negative about being influenced as far as I'm concerned, because you build your oh, brand no, to say that, you know, and your voice, I think, stands out. And so when when I have you on the show, because you are an influence, you're a person who who moves the needle, as they say. And so talk mm-hmm. talk us about that. Tell us about that that, that uh, video that's on Washington Post and talk us about why mm-hmm. why black women are so important to the Biden efforts to get back into the White House or to get, get in the White House. First, he was the vice president, but this time he'd like to go back as the president. Yeah, I think um, it's really, really clear. Um, And that's why, to me, it was so easy for me to write that piece with Mm -hmm. my sister, um, some of whom, you know, are on talk shows and others who run various platforms or are activists in their own right. Right. And what is very clear is that, you know, election after election, Black women, Black people really Mm -hmm. do so much to ensure um, that Democrats are in a position of power that, um, you know, they win. And so often our thanks is that they are there 
but our thanks is not in them meeting agenda items that would be required of any other voter who knows that their um, vote is worthy of something. Um, you know, as an attorney, you learn um, that uh, in a contract, there is a bargained for exchange. Absolutely. And a bargain for exchange means that I will give you something, but in return, I get something. And we're telling them the things that we need in return. Um, part of what is unfortunate for this particular campaign is that it comes years and years and generations after this um, bargained for exchange hasn't really been bargained for. And in mm -hmm. fact, there hasn't been exchange, an exchange at all. There's just been a, a repeated gift, a gifting of the of our voting power. Right. Um, and it hasn't been rewarded. And so we're saying it's time out for that. Um, and it has to be right now. I think that what's happened with coronavirus has certainly put, shined a bright light on um, the inequities that exist in this country. And it has made us say, you know, no more. You know, it's time for something very different to happen. And that's surely because of our our need to survive and to thrive in this country. And which I totally agree. I'm 100 percent on pace with you with that. Now, there are three things yeah. he needs to do yeah. for black women in particular, black people overall. But let's talk about this article yeah. about black women. And let's, the yeah. first was uh, America needs a black woman as vice president. Mm -hmm. That was your first comment. Do you have yes. a person or uh, uh, at least some options you'd like to recommend? I actually think that going into who the options are is a distraction right okay. now. Okay. Because okay. the principle is in just getting them to agree that we are worthy of that. Right. That we right. are worthy of uh, a VP that looks just like us, who is representing our best interests. It's not that any black woman would do, right? No, that we know. But it is that there are an abundance of qualified black women to choose from. And so don't you don't get to say this time that you don't have anybody who's qualified. You don't get to say this time that you don't have anyone who's experienced. That is not true. And so that's what we wanted to focus on um, instead of listing and naming names. Awesome. And the other one, other two was America needs a black female Supreme Court justice. Your comments. Yes. Yes. And we we tied that specifically to um, what happened with um, Clarence Thomas's and, confirmation hearing. And Anita Hill. You know, this is the, yes, this was supposed to be, um, you know, the man who was replacing and fulfilling the legacy of Thurgood Marshall. And instead he's, for lack of a better term, I'll say poo-pooed on it. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll cuss on your show. <laughs> and I think the other, the other thing that we have is, yes, Anita Hill. And it's not just that Anita Hill was shamed before the Judiciary Committee that Joe Biden chaired, but she also got a half-hearted apology only after he announced his campaign for running for president this time. So we certainly owe Anita Hill, and I got to be honest with you and say, even though I'm not naming names, it sure would be poetic justice to have Anita Hill on that bitch. I don't know that she would want it, but wow, that would be something. That would be awesome. Now, the third one, which <laughs> I think was not so much driven by female, but just a black agenda, period, a comprehensive black agenda that's, that's tied right. to the, the physical uh, violence that's being just just we we sleeping in our bedrooms and police officers just coming in and jogging down the street right. and people just randomly just shooting you. You're getting choked out in New York. It's just so in the backyard of Sac um, in Sacramento getting shot a hundred times. It's just so many and so many rotating things. And I tell you, as a black man, I do think about that. I do. I do have concerns. Yeah. I do have concerns when I walk around with a with a mask on because of the pandemic times that we live mm -hmm. in. Can somebody be stupid that day? 
and, and, and mm-hmm. want to question why I have a mask on when everybody else has a mask on. And so let's talk okay. about that, the comprehensive black agenda. Yeah, and I think that this is this part is really straightforward too. You know, regardless of who is in power, black people have some um certain needs based on our historic positioning in this country that dates that dates back to 400 plus years um of institutional uh of slavery. Um, that goes to Jim Crow, that goes to um, redlining, that goes to mass incarceration. There are some systemic wrongs that have uniquely um, taken place for black people that need to be addressed. And it, it needs to be addressed whether there is a Republican, a Democrat, a Libertarian, a Tea Party, whoever it is in the position of power. This needs to be addressed. And I would argue at every level, Rashawn, it needs to be at the local level, at Absolutely. the state level and the federal level. Well, that's what I'm and saying. So, I'm, I'm, I'm talking at the local level. I'm just going to Kroger's and I'm worried. OK. Yes, I understand. I, and I'm just agreeing with you that, yeah, that is indeed the case that we have to start saying, hey, and this isn't just about um, racial injustice um, through a societal or a social lens. Um, or through, you know, the lens of a criminal justice reform plan. It is also about our economic empowerment, um, our economic opportunity. My dad has called for years for um, a, a specific set aside and designation for people who are the descendants of um, the United States enslaved. He now says, he says we should not say slaves anymore. It should be enslaved because mm-hmm. it puts the onus on um, the slave um, the slaveholder to say enslaved. Right. And so, um, that is, that is one of the things that should be done. Um, there should be a, a robust agency like the minority business development agency that specifically addresses the needs of black business. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, I mean, there's so many things that need to be addressed. Livable wage. Um, you know, access to health care or, you know, free health care, Medicare for all would certainly help black mm-hmm. people. And mm-hmm. so often we shy away from what is um, deemed as progressive. It's called socialist policy. Right. And that is because people don't want to have to repay the debts that are owed to black people. But those are the things that would help us. Which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we wrap up here, how did how were the how were the uh, individuals? In the video that I saw, and anybody can go on the Washington Post and you can see it yourself. In fact, I'm going to post it on my uh, social media tonight so they can Thank see it you. on my Facebook and see exactly what the impact of what you guys are trying to communicate. How did, how, how, who, who did somebody call somebody? Somebody called another person? How did all of them get on the video and how was it shot? Well, we, we, um, there, a conversation was first held around the politics of coronavirus with right. a group of black women. We mm-hmm. held black women speak. And from that, um, just grew this sisterhood and, um, it was expanded to include some two women in the field who are doing the work every day. And that is, um, Latasha Brown, mm-hmm. who runs Black Voters Matter and frankly helped to secure the victory for Doug Jones in that Senate seat in Alabama. And then also Alicia Garza, who we referred to in the article, um, for Black Futures Lab. They, they developed this agenda, Rashawn, that was, um, uh, built upon serving 30,000 black people all over the country. It's the largest survey of black people in 155 years. And um, that is where the, the policy recommendations come from in that agenda. And we say, hey, this is a good place to start. Your Lift Every Voice agenda is not sufficient. It does not even scratch the surface on what we need as black people. But Alicia's, Alicia, Gar- Alicia Garza's um, 
plan does. And so right. we ask them to participate in this with us because we know that their voices are powerful. We know they represent the interests of the culture um, from a grassroots and an organizing standpoint and certainly from an advocate, advocacy perspective. Well, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to Angela Rye. She's the CEO of Impact Strategies. Uh, you catch on CNN all the time. I know I do. And um, she's, uh, you know, on the boards of Congressional Black Caucus. Angela, let's switch a little gears here. You know, I'm, you're on my show. It's a podcast, syndicated radio show. And um, you're in the podcast world now. Own one with Angela. Uh, tell us about that. Is it a political show? Is it a is it an entrepreneurial show? Is it a female oriented show? What is the, what is Own One with Angela? I'm one with Angela Rye, a podcast. First of all, I love the name. I told you earlier in my intro, I love that name. It's just it's just a natural play like you own one, like you got an attitude. I, I just love that. Own one with Angela. Okay. And and um and it is designed to talk about um what's happening in the culture, mm-hmm. um, what's happening in our communities, um, what's going on from a spiritual standpoint, emotional standpoint, and what's certainly what's happening in politics. And so it's a place where um, I go, I interview guests. We've been doing um, a master class series since uh, the coronavirus kind of quarantine and safer in place began, talking to um, some of the, the biggest stars, um, people who I'm fortunate to have a have relationship with and close to and are my friends or were a call away, like um, Miss Patty LaBelle, who did a cooking session with me, um, Chris Paul, who did a dribble clinic with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a podcast coming up with uh, Method Man, who is teaching me how to freestyle. That's so funny. I'm learning these different crafts. It was super fun. Um, from these people who are amazing in their work. And I wanted um, the viewing audience to learn with me or to laugh at me because I might not be as good as they hope. I think I did all right on the cooking one. The rest of these all need work. Uh, how about the dribble? <laughs> now you, so you failed on the dribble? <laughs> Dribbling? Man, Chris Paul <laughs> came on my Instagram live after and told me that I was cut. I said, Coach, I didn't even make it to the first practice. He said, it's too bad. <laughs> you know, you mentioned several times about the pandemic period that we're in and yeah. you know, I, it's, it's amazing I, you know, I've been uh, invited on a lot of shows and I've somewhat become a pandemic expert especially when I look <laughs> at the plight of the uh, people of color and especially African Americans yeah. what bothers you the most how the media is kind of like suppressed it and really it had one little moment in the sun and then it's like hit the back burner after that because you can't grab any more stats I can't find them about how and I have to do deep re- deep dive research to find out a breakdown on how blacks are still being over affected by the you know the COVID-19 virus tell us your impact on you your feelings on that well you know what I think is so fascinating about this is an opportunity for us to lift up another black woman um Ayanna Presley who is a first-term congresswoman from Massachusetts right. who took it upon herself to say I need to know how black people are being impacted by this virus and so you're going to pull data that shows me what that adverse impact and that disproportionate impact is. Mm -hmm. And so thanks to Ayana, we will see those numbers. They will not be able to hide. Um, And I think it's really important for us to understand the importance of having advocates both in the streets and in the halls of Congress. Um, And she's one in the halls of Congress who's doing that work. And it's so important that we continue to lift that up. I think the other things that we have to see is are the Ayanas that are making that same case on the state level. Right. right? So we understand how we're faring in the states. Um, It was discussed on CNN last night, actually, that black people currently, of course, we make up 12 percent of the overall 
um, demographics in this country, but we make up more than 27% of the, of the COVID cases. Mm-hmm. 27%. <laughs> that is large. And it's, of course, disproportionate. We have a lot of the underlying conditions, which means we are putting ourselves in harm, in harm's way. And we're overwhelmingly essential workers. Right. Absolutely. Um, and, and for whatever reason, they still have not um, bridged that gap between what it means to be an essential worker and an essential life. You, you know, it's really, it's really amazing. It's amazing. Surviving. You know, because just to give some more stats to that, that what people are hearing, I, I, even, I, I was telling numbers don't lie. You know, in Chicago, 23 percent of the residents are black, but 58 percent of the COVID-19 deaths yeah. are blacks. Uh, seven out of 10 yeah. COVID deaths in New Orleans, in the state of New, Louisiana, have been black. Eighty percent. When that report came out in April, people can understand now, once you read that report, why Mayor Keisha last bottom was upset. When you see that 80% mm-hmm. of the hospitalized COVID-19 patients in Georgia were black. And the numbers go yeah. on and on. That came out, and, it, and when Georgia opened up, you know, he opened Georgia three days before that CDC report came out. So that was that was a strategy all along that it didn't matter about black people. I'm going to move forward. Mm-hmm. I have no plan to save rescue, re- black people. I have no plan to help about black people is about me and my agenda. And that's really what disturbs mm-hmm. me the most is that when I hear about what you what you did in the Washington Post and you talk about an agenda, that's what we're saying. If we're going to give up our vote, right. get something back this time in writing. In mm-hmm. writing. And otherwise, you're just going to sit back and go, they're going to go through the motions again and again another four years and they're going to come back to us with the same stale, we need your plan and we're going to deliver because the other the other option doesn't even have an option for us. <laughs> mm-hmm. It doesn't mm-hmm. even exist. And so I really appreciate you, your honesty when you talk about these things. But before we wrap, I, I saw uh, Freedom. Freedom t-shirt or Freedom hoodies. Yeah. Uh, uh, freedom freedom looks good tees on you. for women. Talk to us about that before you get out of here because uh you know i i really appreciate a person who, who who's who's uh who's branding that's what talk about branding branding your message branding your reputation branding your tone talk about the freedom line so um it, well the overall line i guess is just my stuff but i have this affinity to t-shirts and apparel that have affirmations on them. Okay. Um, my good friend B Mike out of new Orleans has a shirt that says, I am my ancestors wildest dreams, um, wildest dream. And I, I feel like I want people to know how I feel about myself by what I'm wearing. And I want to remind myself how I feel about myself. So, um, one journey that I've been on for some time is just freedom and what does it really mean and how do you really like tap into or boldly walk in your freedom and in liberation. And so the shirt, um, this, this thing that just always stood out to me is freedom looks better on you than else, right? Mm That's certainly better than perfect. So freedom looks good on you is that affirmation. And a lot of people, uh, agree with it. I have another shirt. Um, that we're going to do a re-release for that says we built this joint for free. And I think that um, the for free part is not something that we are necessarily proud of, but we're proud of the fact that we built something with a strong foundation that now we need to be richly rewarded for. Right. Right. Uh, so I just think it's it's about um, statements of fact, and I love affirmations and I, and I will supp- I support a bunch of folks who have the same thing. My friend Alicia Garza, who we just talked about, mm-hmm. has a sweatshirt that says powerful black voter. And I love that because Absolutely. it reminds me 
you know, of the not just of the power of just the vote, but the power we have politically, especially when we exercise it. So well, well, the great. I want to thank you for coming on the show. I want to tell you this. I'm going to post that video yeah. on my Facebook every Friday mm-hmm. I, I, at 9 a.m. I send a newsletter out to 90,000 of my fans, my loyal fans. I'm going to put your freedom wow. T-shirts in there if you don't mind. Oh, wow. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to put it. So if you notice a little bump, that's just Rashawn McDonald showing his love to Angela Rye. Okay. And uh, you be safe. And I appreciate you. Anytime you want to come on my show, your voice is welcomed here. Uh, Money Making Conversations is a home for entrepreneurs and entertainers, as well as people who want to change the world. And my friend, you are an influencer in so many ways. And don't stop. Okay. Thank you so much for the support. I deeply appreciate it. Thank you all for all you do to lift up black business and to encourage entrepreneurs on your show. All Thank right. you. And we won't lose because we're doing it together. Thank you. That's you exactly want, right. <laughs> if you want to hear more Money Making Conversations interviews, go to moneymakingconversations.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host.